The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week nine of our NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. We are so excited to talk to you guys today. We have so many exciting storylines as we get into the last week before we hit the playoffs. Ooh, baby. Um, so much is still up in the air. There's a race for the two seed between Cloud9 and Phoenix1. Uh, the race to just make it into the playoffs is super tight. Team Liquid's going to be trying to fight their way out of relegation. Just so much to break down, and I can't think of anyone I'd rather break it down with than my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Man, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving Cocky Walter at home because TSM we're pretty much locked up. We we need to win one series or Cloud Nine leads to lose a series, and and we have the number one seed sewn up. So I'm good. I'm gonna take the week off, just like TSM. We're gonna take the first week of the playoffs off. Relax, go home, get do some streaming. Check out one of our numerous great sponsors like HyperX or uh, I don't even know. Who their sponsors are anymore but yeah i'm, I'm gonna you know cocky walters uh, take the week off because we're pretty much set and i i feel very very confident going into the uh going into the playoffs yeah no the only the only thing that uh tsm really has to keep in mind is how that liquid series would go they it's this would be the ultimate storyline right that tsm let's double lift go over to team liquid and then tsm is basically the one that will decide whether team liquid even has a chance to get out of relegation or not. There's so many storylines. It's hard not to get excited about Okay, this. listen. If TSM <laughs> loses that series, Conspiracy Walter gumshoe music will be blaring. Like, you'll be able to hear it in Seattle, just yes. so you know. I, I'm not surprised, you know? And, I, I, you know, with so many exciting things to talk about, we do have to go really quick to what happened last week, Walter. Because there were a lot of fun things about last week, too. Who was your up for last week? Who are you most excited by? And it's a good thing Cocky Walter's at home because he would very never utter these words. Uh, I was impressed with CLG. I thought CLG played very well. I think that they have uh, sort of distanced themselves from the, the, the stragglers of the rest of the pack and have really cemented themselves in that four seed. I think that, uh, you know... In all honesty, they're a good matchup for TSM when we play them in the semifinals because I don't know if any of the other teams can beat them in a best of five. It, it just comes down to Zix, you know, to Zix, the head coach, and I think he is arguably one of the top two coaches when it comes to picking bands. And yeah, are there, have there been some silly things? Sure, but there's just a, a uniqueness to some of his players' champion pools that allow him to do very interesting things. And I think that the 
a resurgence of Grogus will be a massive boon for their pick fan faves, Rick Smithy. He's a very good Grogus player. It gets them away from more of these carries. Like, we're not seeing Kha'Zix anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure, we're still seeing Graves, we're still seeing some Lee Sin, some Rengar, but Rick Smithy is decent at those champions. But as we get back towards Grogus, we're probably going to also go back towards Rek'Sai. We're seeing Rek'Sai prop, uh, you know, crop up a few more times over the last couple weeks. And again, those are the champions that really stick in next Smithy's pool. Mm-hmm. And I look at a team like Splice Over in Europe and it, a team like CLG, and the meta is just slowly shifting back to what they're good at, which is what was super successful uh, at the end of the summer split and even with CLG going back into the spring split of last year. So they're they're up. And, you know, if they didn't run into TSM in the semifinals, they could, you know, potentially have been that second team to make it to the finals. Yeah, you know, it's... It's very interesting when you look at CLG's trajectory this year, and, and they are my up as well, for the record. I was very excited by what we saw last week. I thought that those were uh, two very solid performances. Uh, you know, Echo Fox, we kind of expect them to do well in that series. FlyQuest is much more relevant, you know, with playoff implications on the line. That was a, a, a game they needed to win, and they did so quite well, even if Game 2 was a little sloppier than it needed to be. Uh, and that sloppiness is something that, CLG will have to watch out for. They've died 634 times this year. That's the second highest total in the league, and that's something that they're still going to have to look at. But what they do so well right now is their objective control. Right now, they're getting 55% of all of the dragons in their games. That is the second highest total in the league right now. Baron control, 58%. That's third highest. You get those kind of neutral objectives, you know, allow that to, to snowball games a little bit, get team fights as, you know, as the scaling goes up, especially on something like a Mountain Drake or an Infernal Drake, you know, allow that to be this big part of your game. And suddenly some of the team fighting that CLG has done well at historically can start really coming into play and you know you touched on the smithy point i also just love that you know this is a time where maybe sticks a can start stepping up a little bit more just because it's not a utility ad carry meta so definitely a lot to be excited for with them uh but you can't be excited about everybody uh for every up there is a down and uh who was your down for this week walter my my down for this week is going to be the north american rookie of the year uh decision Listen, um, it, the the NBA Rookie of the Year decision is kind of in the same boat where it's, you know, kind of mediocre and the best Rookie of the Year is going to have very limited playing time. I think that if Stunt had played all nine weeks, he probably would have been the top guy for that position. If he had been on Phoenix 1 on day one uh, as opposed to Adrian, I think he would have had a very good shot at being the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. In the end, it's probably going to go to Acadian, which is great, but he has really fallen off a lot the last, you know, three or four weeks. And it's I don't think it's his fault necessary. I think it's just that the team around him isn't being as aggressive, isn't being as explosive uh, as they were in the first couple of weeks. And teams have sort of started to figure out his play patterns. Again, I bring up Kha'Zix really isn't in the meta anymore. Even when you're playing Rengar, you're trying to be a little bit more of an engager, not just I'm going to insta-kill someone which is what he was really good at. He was really good at, I'm going to hop on a carry and I'm going to blow him up and give myself an advantageous team fight. Yeah. And that's just not happening anymore. And then the rest of the rookie class contracts has been pretty mediocre. Um, I think that's like it for rookies, in all honesty. Yeah. Like, I, I think I, it's those three. So. I, I remember Scar at some point made a joke about Moon should get the rookie of the split. We should just ignore the fact that he already was there because this is just such a, a yeah. different player from who that guy was. I, I'm with you. I don't see who the obvious answer is. I, 
if I had to give a vote, I'd probably do it for Acadian just because he is, at the very least, even if it's not translating to wins anymore, he is getting kills, he is making some highlight plays. He does have the most potential, I would say. Uh, Contracts really is, is just filling a role. Um, my down. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, let's, let's look at uh, Team Liquid for a second, because Team Liquid made a lot of big moves, right? That was their big thing. We're going to change up the roster. We're going to fix our problems. So, okay, Liquid, let's see what your your problems were. Well, you had Piglet as your AD carry. He had a 2.5 KDA, 70.4% uh, kill participation. Uh, he was just barely ahead. Uh, gold difference at 10 minutes. Uh, CS per minute, 8.3. Uh, damage per minute, 503. All of these were bad stats. We all agreed at the time he's, you know, at at the bottom or near the bottom in basically every relevant stat. And for a guy like Piglet, that's just not something we can do. So let's grab Double Lift. Double Lift is, you know, the biggest name you could possibly grab to fill that hole, right? So yeah, exactly. Double Lift, uh, 2.6 KDA, 64% kill participation, uh, slightly better in lane, 178 gold per, at 10 minutes, but that's not what the problem was with Piglet in the first place. Also 8.3 CS per minute, and only 452 damage per minute in a meta in which AD carries are supposed to be doing more damage because we're having, you know, less utility AD carries in the meta. And sure, Piglet wasn't necessarily playing utility AD carries all that much anyway, but still, if that's, that's not an upgrade, that's if anything, it's a lateral move that caused a disruption in the synergy that, at the very least, you would think that Piglet and Matt would have from historically playing together. But you know what, Team Liquid fans? I get that. Maybe that's not particularly fair, right? You know, Matt had some problems. He was also holding that bot lane down. Adrian's still adjusting. I get that. So let's say, you know, did Piglet improve? Is Piglet doing better in the mid lane now that, you know, he's in a position where he's supposed to be able to carry more, right? That was the argument. He's going to carry more in the mid lane because that's the bigger carry position right now. So let's look at it. Uh, 2.6 KDA, so 0.01%, uh, 0.1% better, I should say, than last time uh, when he was in the AD carry position. 68.8% uh, kill participation, so worse than when he was in AD carry. Negative uh, 142 gold differential at 10 minutes, which, while slightly better than Golden Glue's negative 239, Still not great. That's still meaning that he's losing lane basically all the time. And remember that he had a relatively high gold differential after the first week. People have learned now that you can pressure him under the tower. And when you force him to farm underneath his own tower, he can't do it very well. Uh, his CS per, uh, permitted at this point is 7.8. That is the worst among active mid laners by a significant margin. Uh, 524 damage per minute, very low for mid laners. So if you didn't fix your bot lane... Didn't fix your mid lane. Piglet's not looking any more comfortable. What was the point? What, what did you gain from this? And, and you know, for all of the, the personal feelings that we brought into it, you know, you, you say what you will about the move and, and how, you know, what it is and what that means for the scene, all that stuff. It's, you know, this was the hill that Steve chose to die on. That was the, the thing that we said at the time. You're going all in on this move and you better find a way to make it work. And it's failing miserably. And I don't, I, I don't know whether that's just double lift not being, you know, particularly comfortable. He wasn't playing all year. I get that. But at the same time, if ever there was proof that the Piglet experiment has failed, here it is. We have enough time with Piglet playing now, 15 games. That's, you know, more than three-fifths of the sample size we had with him as an AD carry. 
it, it didn't work. So, so my my one argument is going to come down to this theory that I have about relegations, which okay, relegations does not come down to who the better team is. It comes down to who has the better players and who has the number one and number two guy on the rift, basically. Yeah, I and agree with that. I I think that Team Liquid against both of the challenger teams have the number one and number two guy that'll be on the rift. I think that. Doublelift and Adrian are going to be better than any of the other 10 players they're going to face out of Goldcoin United or uh, E-United. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a chance that against Envious, you know, maybe you argue that, like, Lyra is the best player on the Rift. Okay. So, yeah, I would take Envious in that series straight up. You know, I yeah. would. Even though, you know, we just had a series, uh, you know, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago that said, you know, otherwise. I still would feel more confident about Envious in a best-of-five game series. But against the other two teams. So that's what Steve is basically rolling his dice on, is that he's going to have the more talented players. And Clerky, if you listen to this, I know you're going to come up into my inbox and be like, what are you talking about, fool? I love Gilius. I love Fox. I love you as an owner. This isn't a criticism against you. Um, but Double Lift is considered the best AD carry in North America and maybe the best singular talent North America has ever produced regionally mm-hmm. you know as a north american citizen not bjergsen bjergsen is european in this argument so i think i don't think they're going to get relegated but like we said yeah this is steve's hill to die on and i think in the in the off season he needs to cut bait he needs to cut piglet i, I, I know it's a hard decision but I, I don't think the goal heading into this season was to just not get relegated for team liquid i don't think that was the plan and uh the fact if they do end up Having to even go to the relegation tournament, that's going to be something that I don't think their fans are going to be very happy with. And it's certainly not something that you could ride into summer with. So they've got a lot of questions. Luckily, we've got some answers of our own because we did very well in our, our smart money bets last week. We needed to bounce back, and we did so. We went 2-1. and one. Uh, We got uh, Envious uh, and Cloud9 going to three maps at plus 165. That was great. TSM and FlyQuest going plus 120 for three maps. That was great. Almost always guaranteed money to just say TSM's going to go to a third map unless it's someone like Echo Fox that's just got their own problems. Uh, FlyQuest uh, over CLG did not work out, but I, I don't think that was necessarily a bad bet either. So let's just start diving into these games, Walter. Uh, first up on our list, Cloud9 versus Dignitas. Dignitas, obviously, uh, in that fight for uh, to keep themselves in the playoffs. Right now, they have a series... Uh, they have they have one series win ahead of Immortals and FlyQuest, who are both trying to catch them. But you know, Cloud Nine is a tough team to to beat to keep themselves at that pace. And Cloud Nine really needs this too, because Phoenix One is nipping at their heels, and Phoenix One is going to be playing them later that week. So, with these, you know, with all this on the line, Walter, what are you going to be looking for? What's the thing that you're going to have your eyes on uh, as we head into the series? This is an utterly fantastic challenge for Dignitas because Cloud9 plays so much through their top lane. We've mm-hmm. seen it when they played with Impact. We've seen it when they played with Ray. They are a top lane dominant team, but they are also a team who can win through their other lanes. They can win through Jensen in the mid lane. They can win through their jungler and contracts who, while he has definitely slumped, again, like Acadian has over the latter half of the season, he's still there. He's still fulfilling his role. He's still moving around the map very well and warding and getting some ganks off. He's mm-hmm. started to get caught out a little bit more because now teams have really sort of read into his patterns. Um, but if there's any coach in the league that's going to help him differentiate some of these things and change things up, I, I believe in Reaper. Reaper is probably my coach of the year at this point. Um, 
and they can win through Sneaky. Like, Sneaky is always – I feel so bad for Sneaky, but Sneaky is always the guy that is, is the third fiddle. He's the third guy on this team. He's behind high and he's behind medios. He's behind balls and he's behind high. He's, behind, he's the third fiddle on this team forever, and it's not his fault. It's just that he's that type of player. He's a very good role player. He is a very good Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Dignitas, one of their issues during the beginning of the season was, okay, we only know how to win and play through someday, so we're only going to do that. And over the course of this streak now, they've now won four series in a row, um, They've learned how to play through their lanes. They've learned how that Keen has taken a massive step up in the last two weeks. I'm so I, I'm tentative because I'm still waiting for him to fall apart. But I'm finally feeling like, okay, has the anti carry turned into something more than just the anti carry? Mm. Should I be worried about him playing against other laners not named Bjergsen? Like, and and, and I think that well, I don't think the Dignitas would straight up win this matchup. Um, I still think that it's going to be a very good series. This definitely has a chance to go to three games, and it definitely is a chance for Dignitas to prove, like, we have grown exponentially, and we're going to follow this sort of similar play pattern that Cloud9 has. And yes, our top laner is our dominant focal point, but our supplementary parts are just as good and can also get the win. So I think this is a very good challenge for Dignitas. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is an awesome uh, series for Dignitas, actually. I think they match up with Cloud9 very well. Uh, you look at what uh, Cloud9's, uh, you know, or, or, you know, look at Dignitas' struggles, right? Dignitas has the uh, second lowest early game rating in the league right now, 44.9. We've, co- we've complained before about Chaser just doesn't do enough during the laning phase in order to get his lanes ahead. But in this particular case, that's probably fine because Cloud9 only has a 46.6 early game rating. They don't like to snowball the early game and gank heavily either. You know, this is a a team that relies on their lane efficiency, which, for the record, Impact and Jensen are incredible laners, and that's something that they can rely upon pretty consistently. But it's come at the expense of their their early game. 25% first blood rate for Cloud9. That is the last in the league, and it's not that close. Um, they're on average behind going into those points. So Dignitas is going to get to the team fighting phase, and that's when they've been at their most consistent. So a, a lot of this is going to come down to, you know, what little advantages we see each of these coaches grab. Obviously, Cop has, uh, you know, the, the Cop era of Dignitas has looked significantly better. I'm surprised that you value Reaper as highly as uh, as you did there, just because I found in the last couple of weeks his pick and ban phase. It reminds me of the way that TSM does pick and bans at Worlds, where they just pick the three things that they don't want to play against and ban it no matter what. I'm not seeing a lot of targeted play here. They're kind of creating things where by the time we get to the second week, teams are starting to figure out what Cloud9 is going to want to play and how they can do things against it. So it's it's going to have a lot of, lot of different factors, a lot of interesting places where both teams will look to get an advantage. Walter, ultimately, who do you think comes out ahead and where do you think the line should be? Uh, I, I mean, Cloud9's still the favorite. I get that Cloud9's had a couple bumps last couple weeks, and Dignitas has looked strong, but we have an entire split of Cloud9 has looked strong, and you're expecting to have a bump here and there. It really took Dignitas a while to get to this point where they're you know going back-to-back weeks, winning both of their matches. Right. Uh, I have Cloud9 at minus 250. I'm giving Dignitas just, just the slightest of you know credit here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think 250 would have been uh, a fair line. I had Cloud9 minus 270. The actual line is Cloud9 minus 323. So I get that one. 
Uh, Dignitas plus two thirty. I like. I think that's I like a, that is a, that is a solid underdog line. I think that happens a lot more than that line would insinuate. Yeah, just because I, of the the matchups and and the factors that usually punish Dignitas that won't necessarily be in play here. I I definitely agree with that. I think this is definitely a winnable series for Dignitas, and there's some pretty good value on that. Uh, just for the record, uh, over two and a half maps is plus one twenty. So that's also something that we can consider later on. Uh, moving forward, FlyQuest versus Echo Fox. FlyQuest, we you know we talked about they were one in five last week. Well, now they're one in seven after uh, over the last four weeks. Um, you're looking at a team that's map score during that time is four and fifteen. We have seen, like, that is one of the worst, like, if we were back at the 18-game regular season best of ones, that would have been one of the worst records a team has ever put up in the LCS. That's where we are now with FlyQuest, uh, having played almost everybody during the second spin around. What are you seeing, Walter, and is there any hope that they can turn it around with enough time to get their way back into these playoffs? So, since week, uh, since week four... They've won two series, and they've been against Envious and uh, Phoenix One. They have lost to uh, to pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. They're a, I, I just I don't know. This is the part where I keep going back to the fact we talked about Moon and we talked about High, and they're playing so high above their station, and they're playing so well, and we just no way you can keep this up, and. It didn't. They couldn't. They couldn't keep it up, and they were resorting to this, these cheese picks. And the problem with a cheese pick is that once you use it, you can't surprise anyone with it. You can't play Mordekaiser a second time. You're not going to get that reaction from Freak going, "Oh my God, this has never been done in the history of League of Legends. This is incredible!" Like teams are going to be like, "Okay, yeah, we know you play Shaco. We know you play Mordekaiser. We know you play Maokai support." Okay. Um, uh, Dardock had a really good interview where he basically talked about you can tell that Echo uh, that FlyQuest aren't really good scrim partners and now it's showing up on stage because in order to try these picks you're not just going into solo queue and being like alright let's see if Mordecai's or AD carry works with an autolist support like you have to try it in a team environment which means you have to have scrimmed with it Right. You scrimmed with a team that you obviously trust not to like you know Dyrus leak it out to everyone like hey they're going to play this one champion Fine, like whatever, but you have to practice that. And for opposing teams, uh, it's like, well, why do I want to practice against this cheese stuff? Like, you're never going to pull this out on me. I'm not going to get better. I'm just going to know, hey, they play Mordekaiser and Nautilus bot lane. They play Shaco jungle. Like, that doesn't do anything to me as a scrim partner, so I'm not going to try as hard because it's essentially a lost cause. Yeah, so yeah I, but we don't say that about Unicorns of Love, though. That was my problem with Dardock's argument, is that we have a team that's right now first place in Group B in Europe, that is known for doing those kind of weird picks too, and people have pointed to that as a reason why they should scrim Unicorns of Love. So, I, I don't know about that as much. I, I, I see where you're going there, and I see where Dardock is going, but I, I do think there might be a little bit of a double standard with that. That's that's fair, but to me, with Unicorns of Love, when they do it, it's a very, you can very obviously see, oh, this is what they're trying to accomplish. I just look at the Maokai support, and I go, what? Why? There's <laughs> yeah, no logical reason for this. There's no logical reason to pick that Mordekaiser in your first your first segment there and allow them four picks 
or, or three picks essentially to build a composition against, okay, they're playing Mordekaiser. They're going to try to dominate Dragon early so they can use it and, you know, push down towers. Like, hmm, let's just pick two poke support that, you know, botly champions, which they pick Ezreal and Karma, and you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a very, very bad lane, and we're going to control that entire bottom side of the map. You can't just blindly pick cheese, and I don't think the unicorns blindly pick cheese. Yes. Um, I've never really had a composition where unicorns, where I said, I have no idea what you were trying to accomplish, and that time when they picked the Shaco, I went, I have no, the second time, I go, what is Shaco supposed to do again, you know, in this composition and picking it here? I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Yeah. So, again, I kind of agree with the notion that FlyQuest has realized they are not as good talent-wise as the other teams, and they need to do something else to give them some sort of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't pick, you can't use the same cheese twice. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. I Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's proving to be the case. I mean, look at how the diminishing returns with that Evelyn pick for Moon were. You know, when that first happened, yep. that was a pick that people were like, whoa, Moon's dominant on this. He's doing so many crazy things. And now it's like, oh, it's Moon's Evelyn. Well, he, you know, this is where his pathing's going to be. And... We just make these couple adjustments and he just falls off at the late game, which is, you know, that's just what happens with Evelyn. Um, you know, the the two things I would point to that are clearly coming back to haunt uh, FlyQuest here. Hi, you know, we've, we've said for forever, the whole team runs through him. Well, right now he's got a 2.5 KDA that is eighth among active mid laners. It includes 3.76 deaths per game. That is the most among active mid laners. No one dies more frequently on an average game than high. And when that happens and you're the main shot caller and the guy they rally team fights around, that's not good. And you know, now we're getting into carry top laners. Well, okay. What about balls? Well, balls has 1.94 kills per game. That is ninth among top laners. They, that's, this is not really going in their favor. Uh, luckily, nothing's been going in Echo Fox's favor either. Maybe we'll get uh, a little bit more in-depth with them later. Um, where do you think this line is, Walter? I, I will say this. I think this matchup is incredibly interesting from the mid laner perspective because they are the two highest uh, damage share players in the league for their <laughs> teams. Uh, obviously, Froggen is on top. High is two points uh, oh, about a point and a half behind him overall. And there was a time where High was over 30% of his team's uh, overall damage percentage. They're both on top. They're both the only two that are above 600 DPM. So they are incredibly, incredibly important for their teams. And I think at the end of the day, it's really going to come down to how the rest of the supplemental players uh, fare around them. Yeah, I have FlyQuest at minus 200. Uh, you're not going to like me for this one. Uh, I got this by two points. Because I had FlyQuest minus 240, and it is FlyQuest minus 222. Which puts Echo Fox at plus 165. I do not feel good about winning that one. <laughs> that was, uh, that really should be a, a draw between us, but, uh. So, so here's the thing. Um, Echo Fox, uh, FlyQuest are either going to blow this series out, and it's going to be a quick 2-0. Mm-hmm. Because they just out shot call and out. Or this is going to be a grimy, gritty, three-map slugfest. Yeah. I, I wish there was an over-under on kills we could bet on, because whatever <laughs> it is, I'd go over. That's just what these teams love to do. Um, <laughs> per game or total series? Uh, yes. I would take both of those bets on the over. Absolutely. I don't know how high they'd have to set that line, 
for me to look at this like moon versus Acadian and players that have been dying how, how, quite how often many, on both sides. How many combined kills per game do you think there are? You know how CLG FlyQuest had uh, forty-eight combined kill or uh, forty-five combined kills, I should say, in game two. I think that that could be. We could get close to that. I think I I would put it at if I if they put it at like thirty-eight and a half. I think that'd be a good... 38 and a half. Oh, I think you're ludicrous in that. Oh, I think I think there's going to be at least one game that gets to, like, the 40-plus kill count. Yeah, but I'm saying that per average. game. I'm saying, what do you think yeah. the overall average for the series is? Right. Well, if it's uh, only, a, like, a three-game so, series, you only need one to, to shift that average up. I think it would be crazy if there's a... If there's a game below 20 kills, I would be shocked. If there's a game below 30 kills, I would be surprised. I think that's just where we are at this point with these teams. They both love to get a lot of kills, and they're both not so great at converting those into objectives. Um, I, I, I would put, like, the average is probably, like, 27.5, like, in that range. Yeah. Like, average kill total for all, all the games. That's 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 probably a much more reasonable total. But yeah, just... 30 is a little ludicrous, buddy. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, look, man, if anyone could do it, it would be them. You have to give me at least that much. Uh, Cloud9 versus Phoenix1. Series of the week has to be. This is the fight for the two seed. But with all, you know, Phoenix won technically, you could see a situation in which Phoenix won wins this series, loses the TSM in a blowout, and, and, and Cloud9 would then get in based off of the individual map score. But more likely than not, this will be what determines where the two seed should be. So, Walter which team do you think has that little bit of an edge and where are they looking to get it? Um, so I am, I am Phoenix one and I'm going to play my ultimate Trump card in this situation, um, which is dark Medios. And <laughs> I say, good luck, Claudine and have fun in the first round of the playoffs playing against immortals or FlyQuest or whoever, because um, this team just clicks with Medios. This team is just so in sync and they understand each other so well and know exactly where to move around the map and exactly when to exert pressure here and there. Um, listen, I said earlier, Cloud9 plays through their top laner. Impact is a tremendous top laner. Mm -hmm. I would be surprised if we see Ray in this series because I think Jack and Reaper and the entire team really want that two seed. I don't think this is a situation where they're like, eh, if we don't get it, whatever. I think they truly want that two seed. Uh, and want that type of side advantage because we're seeing teams are really exploiting side advantage in terms of the pick bandon phase, and they're really putting, uh, you know, each other. Like I see it from both blue and red side. Red side is really being really strong with trying to get those counter picks for their solo lanes, while blue side is really trying to pinch pools. And in that second band phase, saying you haven't picked your AD carry yet, you're going to be playing, you're going to be playing Jin, who's pretty <laughs> bad right now. Like mm -hmm. I, I see, I'm seeing a lot of that in the pick band phase. Um, so I think this is going to be full force, you know, the five best Cloud9 players versus the five best Phoenix 1 players, and Ray and Inori are probably going to be sitting out in the crowd and, you know, taking in the sights or sitting back there in the booth with the coaches and listening to the comps. Uh, but at the end of the day, I trust Medios more than I trust Contracts. I trust Ryu and Arrow more than I trust Jensen and, uh, and Sneaky. I just think they're playing better. Phoenix One, this entire season has been on this slight, very slight upward trajectory where Cloud9 started really high, rose, 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 and now they've you know, plateaued off. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a three-horse race for the finals, I think, 
of, of which of these you know teams are going to win. And there's a chance that you know if CLG comes out and lights the world on fire, maybe it's a four team race. Yeah. Um, but I'd say as of today, I think Phoenix One has a much better chance of getting that Tuesday. There's a very good shot that this is going to be a semifinals preview. And wouldn't that be awesome? Like, it just seems like that's a, that's a matchup that I think every Everyone fan wants. can root for. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, you bring up the point about uh, Medios and Inori. I'm going to... Let's play a game here, Walter. Um, player A, 71.1% uh, 71 uh, 71 kill participation. Okay. Uh, 409 damage per minute. Okay. Player B... Uh, 69.9% kill participation, 373 damage per minute. Now, by just hearing those numbers, player B would have to be Inori, right? No, I'd say player B is Medios because Medios deals less damage. He does. He deals less damage and is assisting in a slower percentage of kills than Inori is. Now, the trade-off you get is that uh, Medios doesn't die quite as often. Yeah. Uh, their yeah. KDAs are very similar, but it's the way that they're getting those KDAs. Um, just, you know, Inori still makes rookie mistakes every now and then. And I do agree that they are probably going to lean on Medios just for the uh, veteran shot-calling presence that he adds versus Inori, who still seems to have at least some, some rookie jitters to work through. Yeah. But Inori is better than people think, and if for any reason they choose to put him in, I don't think that that would be the negative that people are starting to paint it out to be when I see people on social media and whatever else. I don't think the numbers suggest that Inori is as big of a drop-off um, as, as people might imagine. But it's going to be a great series. I I just can't wait to see you know how Arrow handles these things as he's continuing his bid for the MVP race and everything else. Where do you think this line is, Walter? I chickened out and I said even. Ah. I think they're evenly matched. Well, uh, you were not rewarded for your cowardice on this one, my friend. I you said, usually aren't. I, yeah, I said Cloud9 minus 130. It is Cloud9 minus 143, which means we get Phoenix 1 at plus 110, and if that's not a smart money bet, I don't know what is. That's, Phoenix 1, even if you want to give Cloud9 the benefit of the doubt and say that the recent play is not necessarily representative of their overall potential, like, at best, this is a 50-50 series, and that's oh, plus value on Phoenix 1. Three maps. Three maps yeah. That's that is a very good question, Walter. Uh, we're like, this is a fifty-fifty series, so it just seems logical to be like, all right, what's three maps? Yeah, there's I, probably no value. I but. don't think there's going to be value, but um, what we are seeing as far as uh, as the value goes, it's it's like minus one ten. It looks like, like yeah, my, yeah somewhere in like minus one oh eight range. I'm I'm having to snowball it here because it's uh it's an it is a negative uh and i don't okay. convert to decimal right away but that is it's a it's around that so not a ton of value but you know it's relatively even odds for an yeah. almost guaranteed bet that is something to keep in mind as well um counter uh oh sorry T tsm versus team liquid we can't skip over this one even though we probably want to i don't know who's watching this stream versus the cloud nine phoenix one stream uh, but I, I guess that's okay, yeah, given that the stakes yeah. are much lower there. Um, is there any chance whoa, whoa, that shenanigans happen? I will, I will say this. So, uh, uh, LOL Esports has flexed the schedule. Oh! Cloud9 versus Phoenix 1 is now on stream 1 mm -hmm. at 6 o'clock. Uh, when Echo Fox and Envious are playing. So they flex things around a little. So you can watch Double Lift versus TSM. And see if they throw it on purpose. So wait, is uh, it is that against the Immortal CLG uh, game then? 
Yes, Team okay. Liquid versus TS Admins again. And I still don't know why you'd watch, because Immortals versus CLG is going to be fun. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you wanted to watch, you know, Cloud9 versus Phoenix 1 and Team Liquid versus TS Admins, now you can. It's in play. I, I see where you're coming from. Why, why should people watch, Walter? If you're going to sell them on watching that, uh, what's, what's the big draw? What's the thing people could look forward to? Uh, I, other than t- double lift versus TSM, other than like in three months, <laughs> double lift will be back in black and white. I mean, that's that's really the only draw. This is a hundred percent a storyline thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you're a conspiracy nutter like myself, you're gonna be watching this like every time Bjergsen misses a CS. Like he's throwing it, he's throwing this on purpose. <laughs> We're doing it on purpose. God damn it! Uh, oh, no, I, I don't think this is gonna be anything entertaining. I think this is a good um, a good challenge for for Wild Turtle. Um, I had a very nice soliloquy and metaphor about him being a racehorse last week. I thought it was fantastic. You should go back and watch it. Yes. Uh, I did very well. And overall, I thought I did a perfect job of being the ultimate obnoxious TSF fan because 90% of the time I usually am. Uh, so this is a good test for, for Wild Turtle. He's up against the best AD carry in North America. I don't care if he's been you know streaming for the past six months. He is the best AD carry mechanically. Uh, his decision making needs a little work, but we're talking about against Wild Turtle for God's sakes. So, Turtle, I think this is going to be a good matchup in terms of working on lading mechanics, getting him and Matt, even or him and Biofrost, more on the same page. They're against a team that's only had about a week, maybe two weeks of real practice time, uh, and you're going against arguably the best player at their position in Double Lift and Adrian. Uh, and, and I. The thing is, as a TSM fan, I am prepping myself already for heartbreak. I am prepping myself for somewhere in the next month that something is going to happen. And um, and I know it's going to be Turtle. I know Turtle is going to be the cause of all things. So to every member of the audience, this is I am writing my prenup for Wild Turtle. <laughs> so when anything bad happens, when he gets caught out in Game 5 of the Finals and gets blown up and we lose the Finals... Don't come at me because I'm already ready for it to happen. It's prenup is signed, sealed, and delivered, Turtle. So if you don't screw up, we're going to have a great marriage, dude. This could be a great <laughs> relationship. But if you screw up, you are out of here and you aren't getting a damn cent. So no sympathy from me. Nothing. I'm already prepared for you to somehow screw me. So I mean, it's amazing because I totally agree with you. Even when I'm looking at numbers that tell me that I should be fighting you on this. Because 4.0 KDA, that's the second highest in North America. Only Arrow's doing better. Uh, 141 kills, that's the third. Uh, same with his 235 assists. Um, yeah, he's died more often, but you know, Wild Turtle. You accept that when you sign him in the first place. Uh, 69 gold differential at 10 minutes. That's the fourth highest among uh, active uh, AD carries right now. And is 8.6 CS per minute. Like, they, they felt very comfortable feeding him resources. They're not nearly as nervous about this as you and I are. That's really the lesson to take away from this. They're feeling comfortable with it. I think they're going to be comfortable uh, dealing with this game. You know, whatever the narrative may be, I I think that at the end of the day that talent tends to rain on these things. So my fear is that we used up our good karma with Wild Turtle getting caught out in that series against, it was either FlyQuest or Cloud9, whereas Ash, he flashes over the blue wall (laughs) to... Face engage the enemy team. Oh yeah, they, the, the they front all turn line. on him, <laughs> and then we kill the rest of their team. And we're like, I, I'm afraid he's gonna be like, oh, I did that once. I can do this again. Like, I'm gonna just face tank them as Lucian. And oh, 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 oh. 
Well, so, yep, I'm ready for it. When it happens, I uh, I will not be surprised. Just as I'm not surprised, and our friends at home should not be surprised, I have TSM minus 666. Uh, <laughs> you get this one. <laughs> I, didn't go, I am the devil. I didn't go quite high enough, so you do get this one. I said TSM minus 600. It is TSM minus 769. Seems very fair. Team Liquid plus 450. Uh, the answer to that is no. So, you know, we're going to we're going to move on to the uh, the series that I, I guess is going alongside Cloud9 and Phoenix One now. Echo Fox versus Envious. This series surprisingly has a lot on the line here, because assuming that FlyQuest takes care of business against Echo Fox, which may be a rash assumption nowadays, admittedly. But if they are able to pull that off, then suddenly Echo Fox would need to get a win if they want to guarantee that Liquid doesn't jump them and force Echo Fox into relegations. So this is a much win for them. And for Envious, I don't know if if you believe, Walter, that there's a, a huge gap between the first and second best team in the North American Challenger Series, but it is a double elimination event. And if you do believe that playing the, the best versus the second best Challenger seed matters, you want to grab as many wins as you can. So what are you looking at here? What's what's the thing to to really uh, watch for as we go into the series? I need either of these teams to prove to me they can close out a freaking game. Mm. Like at the end of the day, that's what it is. Envious has had moments or, or a series in that fact. Like Envious has shown they can get out to these massive leads. I mean, we look at the numbers and they have a, a you know they're the third best early game rating. They you know they're up there at their goal differential. They're third in that. Echo Fox is actually first in goal differential at 15, mm -hmm. and they are second in early game ratings. But when you look at their mid to late game ratings, they both have negative late game ratings. It's If they play past whatever it is, like 15 minutes, I forget how, where Tim demarks it. Like After they hit that magic number of 10 or 15 minutes, their win rate goes down. <laughs> it goes down. They get worse. And, their win rate is so diminished that they lose more games than they should. And you're talking about the greatest, the two greatest differentials into it. So what I'm looking for is that either of these teams prove they know how to actually close out a game. They know how to get those, you know, get those second tier turrets. Know how to bait between Baron and you know that third Infernal Drake or that Elder Drake and all those things. That's what I need to see out of both of these teams. Because I know their early games are good. I know Lyra and Acadian are fantastic and are probably both all pro level jugglers. Mm. But man, oh man, at some point. You gotta show me that you know what to do at 30 minutes. You gotta show me you know how to pull the enemy team out of their base so you can finally break one of those inhibitor turrets. And at nine weeks through the regular season, in Echo Fox's last game and Envious's penultimate game, now they need to show me something. Because in all honesty, going into the Challenger series, those teams are pretty good team fighting teams. Those teams are actually pretty good at that sort of you know mid to late game macro decision making because uh, they have veteran players on their rosters that have experience. Yeah. And sure, maybe going in there and getting a 5k gold lead at 15 minutes will be enough to win it, but it's not it, – I wouldn't etch it in stone, especially not with either of these two teams. So show me you know how to finish a game in a series. That's what I want out of whoever wins this series. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I'm not necessarily as high on, on Acadian as you. I, I just think he dies too often and makes too many silly mistakes for me to put him in the same conversation with someone like Lyra. But 
I do think that your your overall point is, is a very salient one, and it's one that I'm sure Echo Fox fans and Envious fans are just tired of seeing these leads and this hope being given to them. Like, hey guys, we're turning things around, JK, LOL, we're gonna lose. That's just what happens so many times. And, you know, I, I'm with you. I just want to see either one of them show that they could do it, and hopefully show that they could do it consistently enough that whether they're in the relegation series or not, uh, we have a reason to believe that they're going to be coming back to us here. So, where's the line, Walter? Uh, I have Echo Fox at minus 150. Ah, okay, now I don't feel so bad about earlier because you got that one by a whole five points. I had uh, Echo Fox at minus 145. It is Echo Fox minus 156, which puts Envious at plus 120, which I find to be very interesting. You know, even when Envious loses, this is the big difference when you look at the, uh, the numbers as I've broken down on LCS Predict. Uh, when Envious loses, they still are very close at the end of those games. You know, mm -hmm. they, they lose because it's a couple big fights that go the other way. Echo Fox has the largest margin of defeat on average of any team in the league, and it's not particularly close. Uh, that's they, they just implode upon themselves. So 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 much of this is going to be about that mental resilience, and that will be fun to watch. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, Immortals versus CLG. This is another series with huge playoff implications. Immortals right now are in the sixth spot, but they have a very tough schedule this week. That, you know, every win is, is really a must-win for them. Counterlogic Gaming, in the meantime, they want to hold off Team Dignitas. They want to make sure that they're going in as that four seed, that they can clinch that blue side advantage for themselves, because that is very relevant. Even if 7.5, uh, the numbers are starting to switch a little bit more towards, uh, you know, a more reasonable 50-50 uh, kind of split. You know, I, I feel like I'm asking the same question every time, but... I, I gotta know, Walter, what is the difference maker here? What is the thing that you think is gonna separate this uh you know roller coaster of an immortals team uh versus the CLG it's just kind of been slowly getting a little better every week? Uh in all honesty, it's gonna be whether they can weather Dardoch's early storm, the early aggression that Dardoch shows, the lead that he's probably gonna build, and whether they can just out macro uh, immortals, which I don't think is very difficult. I think they're going to be able to out-macro them. Uh, I don't have very high hopes for Immortals in this series. I don't think that Dardot can get them enough of a lead to help make up for some of the deficiencies that, you know, Pole Belter is showing, which Pole Belter has been playing better over the last, you know, three weeks, but he's going from being maybe the worst mid laner in North America other than Golden Glue to, okay, maybe he's seventh. Like, he's like being like Keen. Keen has this, had, had this like margin of he's either the worst or he's like the seventh best. And now that's where Pobelter is sitting in this season. Mm. So I don't have really high hopes because CLG has shown over the last two weeks their macro is, is that good. They've gotten back to that point where, you know, some talent deficiencies doesn't really matter when you can just take it to 35 minutes, win a, a team fight, and end the game. Um, which is, you know, CLG's prime motto. Get the game to 35 minutes, win a team fight, end the game. Yep. CLG fighting. Um, <laughs> so I that that's really it. I unless Dardot can by himself get them like a six K gold lead where he enters a team fight, his graves, alts, and sticks a just dies. I don't see Immortals path to victory through this, in all honesty. Well, I, I'm not sure that's quite fair. Um uh, mostly because I think 
Uh, a, Cody Sun has been improving a little bit every week as well. Um, he has been holding down the lane uh, much more consistently recently. Uh, Flame is still a very good top laner. That's something that they're certainly going to try to get an advantage of. I still have question marks around Darshan that I don't necessarily have uh, uh, with Flame. But I'll be honest with you, as an Immortals fan, like I look at this team and I don't even know what to say anymore because they're so Jekyll and Hyde that they've actually balanced themselves out. You know, th these are the stats that just blew me away. First tower percentage, first three tower percentage, dragon percentage, 50%. 50% control on all three of those things. And I'm telling you, it's not because, you know, <laughs> they have these, you know, consistent kind of things that they do. And then it's like, well, you know, uh, unless a team's really good at this, then, you know, we do well. And if they don't, we do poorly. This is just every individual game. Either they get all the things or they get none of the things. Either Dardock is the kill-crazy monster who's, you know, in full-on feast mode. Uh, 156 kills for him. That's the second most among junglers. Uh, or Famine, where it's 135 deaths, which is more than any other jungler has died, even more than Akkadian here. That's, that is how, you know, bipolar this team tends to be, which for me as a fan is both exhilarating and terrifying. They're the only team I know that could beat Cloud9 and then make me have to sweat out a series against, you know, an Envious or a Team Liquid, which they lost both of those series just a couple weeks ago. So I, I don't know what to tell you. This is going to be a, a, a fascinating series for me. It's all going to depend on which version of Immortal shows up. Uh, I, I think I know which way you're leaning, Walter, but how much are you leaning that way? Where's the line? I have CLG at minus 175. Okay, I get this one. The casinos are, are not as high on CLG as you are. Um, I had it at CLG minus 160. It is CLG minus 137, which I think is fair. And it's kind of unfortunate that it's so fair, because that means Immortals is just plus 105, and I don't think that's enough value to consider it. They're just way too risky for that. So listen here, folks at home. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say that you're getting some pretty insane value off the CLG here. Oh! And I would gamble on CLG here. I really? would not I would not gamble on Immortals. Nope. Even though they beat Cloud9 last week. And what was a legit I, win? That was, it wasn't like it was a fluky series of games. They, they won that series. Yeah, and then they got 2-0 and it wasn't close against Phoenix 1. I mean, like, yeah. That's, the... that's, that, that's what I'm saying here. Like, that, that's the thing. I... I, I just, I don't trust them. Like, yeah. no. They're playing against Dignitasa and CLG. Which team are they more likely to beat? I have no idea. That's exactly. What, like, this is the difference between you and me. You say that and go, so there's value on CLG. I say that and go, so why in the world would you gamble on any game Immortals is in? I have no idea which version of this team's well, going to show up. You I'm can talk me to either side. To gamble on, like, if you wanted to gamble on this game, like, I would take CLG. Would you like, take CLG? Oh, right. It's it's plus 210 for a 2-0 for CLG. I would not take a 2-0, no. Okay. I would not take a 2-0. I don't think it's a 2-0. Okay. Um, but if, if you were to tell me... Immortals 2-0 CLG or CLG 2-0's Immortals, I believe CLG 2-0's Immortals way higher than I do Immortals with 2-0 CLG. Yeah, I like, agree with that. that. That's how I'm putting it. So my scale is I, I think you know CLG wins this series 65% of the time. So that's what I'm saying is I think that that, that 137 is really, really uh, good odds. I can see where you're coming from on that. I don't know. I I'm hoping we can find three better odds for our smart money bets. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will continue forward. Uh, TSM, 
versus Phoenix One. If it wasn't for Cloud9 versus Phoenix One, this would be my match of the week. The, the concern here is that there might not be anything to play for for TSM. Chances are they'll have locked up their one seed. They'll have been liquid already. So they're not going to have to win this one. Phoenix One books this se- wins this series. Book it. Okay. Phoenix One wins this series. So what's the line then? Uh, I have TSM minus 175. Okay. <laughs> you got this by five points again, you monster. <laughs> ah. I said TSM minus 180. It is TSM minus 172. That puts Phoenix 1 plus 130. And I'm with you. I mean, we, we've gone over both of these teams enough. I don't think we have to break down individual parts with them. But, like, there's nothing for TSM to play for here. And Phoenix 1 has everything to play for. It's purely just pride, but TSM... They go on these runs at the end after they have, like, a loss against an Echo Fox. I But they don't put, like... They don't play against the third best team in the league on their last weekend. Like, yes. it just doesn't happen. And I think when they do get it, they usually get that team on a downswing anyways. Like, they catch that team after they just had, like, a really kind of mediocre victory against, like, a middle-of-the-pack team. Or they just lost to, like, the third seed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Phoenix 1 is on the up. Like, I think Phoenix 1 wins the series. But I also wouldn't be surprised if I'm, you know, recording next week and I go, yeah, TSM 2-0 Phoenix 1. It wasn't close. But uh, I think I- Phoenix 1 has a really, really good chance to win this series. I would be surprised by a 2-0 that wasn't close. I think Phoenix 1 is too good to at least not make that a close series. Sorry, um, I let Arrogant Walter out that's, of the don't, I mean, yeah. look, you're a TSM fan. That's your job. I wouldn't expect anything else from you, my friend. Uh, I just, real quick, because it's, it's worth having his own little segment here. Uh, Arrow, uh, 155 kills. Uh, that's first in the league with fewer games played than any other AD carry. Uh, other than, you know, obviously something like a, a piglet double lift. But... Something tells me that's not really what we're comparing to here. Uh, 5.9 KDA, that's first. A whole 1.9 points ahead of the next closest. Uh, 71.5% kill participation, that's first. 81 gold differential at 10 minutes on average, that's third. Uh, 597 damage per minute, that's first. 277.9 earned gold per minute, that's first. I don't I don't know how... You know, I, I understand there are a couple players you can make an MVP case for, but... If he continues that, he's only, my there's winner. only one other person, and it's Haunters. I agree. Just because of how, how massively Haunters has stepped up in the last, you know, basically yeah. through TSM's win streak, it's been Haunters that has been the person that massively stepped up. But even me as the most diehard TSM fan is, I think Arrow is the MVP. Yeah. I, I can definitely see a cl- case for Haunter. I get mad when people bring up Bjergsen for this year. Bjergsen's had better years. Than Bjerg- Bjergsen's LeBron. Bjergsen's LeBron. They're always going to bring up Bjergsen. That's fair. Like everyone's always going to bring up Bjergsen because Bjergsen is LeBron. That's the end of the story. Yeah. Well, let's keep moving on. Uh, Dignitas versus Immortals. I, I know we've been saying this before, but there are so Super many... Super important series. Must wins. So, like, this is... This is very likely going to be Loser Goes Home. Because yeah. if you look at FlyQuest, for everything we said about them, that we already mentioned they're playing Echo Fox, that's not a good team. Their next match, which we're going to get to in a second, that's Team Liquid. That's not a particularly good team. So it is very possible that this series sends someone home as kind of like a play-in for the playoffs. So if if neither team wins their first series, absolutely yes. And 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 those are not gimmies for either one of them. So so again, you know, with so much on the line. You know, you made it clear that you're not willing to trust Immortals against a truly great team. Are you willing to trust them against a team that right now is incredibly consistent, 
but middle of the road. Where do you stand so, on this series? So the thing is that this, again, has to be Immortals has to get a lead. They have to. They cannot lose the early game. If right. they lose the early game and Dardock is not able to... I keep stealing this, but it's such a great phase for either Quickshot or Deficio. Move the gold lead around the map, then they're sunk in the water. I don't think that they would win straight up. If both teams are even or within 1,000 gold of each other going into 30 minutes, I don't think Immortals win. I don't think they win that game just because I trust Dignitas's carries a little bit more. I and Chaser is a much better jungler in the late game. He is much better with his engages. He's a much smarter decision maker when it comes to his flanks and all these types of things. And there's always just the chance that they throw someday on some split pusher and go flame versus someday. Mm, let us watch the world burn. <laughs> And just try to take Flame out of the equation. And then you're talking about Keenan and uh, Laud, who are playing better currently than Cody Sung and Poe Belgium. And that's what your 4v4 is coming down to. And X-Special has been a better support over this, the entirety of the last... You know, the entirety of the split than Ole has been. Ole has had some higher high points. I will give him that. He has a higher ceiling because X-Special has been playing since Season 2 and we know exactly the type of player he is. But... Consistency-wise, especially has been a more consistent support than uh, than Ole. So then in that four-man fight, you're basically banking on Dardock is a better player than Chaser and has enough of a gold lead that he can just pop someone. Right. So again, I, it comes down to which team has the better micro, or has the better macro, and did Immortals build up enough of a gold lead so that that discrepancy in the macro play, you know, doesn't really matter. Dignitas is not CLG. They don't have the, C- the macro that CLG does, but it is better than Immortals. Yeah, I, at the very least, it's a lot more consistent than Immortals. I use this line in my LCS Predict article, but if Immortals are a roller coaster, Dignitas are a mostly pleasant walk through a meadow. They don't really, <laughs> they they don't do anything particularly great. You know, their best team stats were like a fifty three percent Baron control, fifty three percent Dragon control. They're just barely above average. They're they're, they're uh. You know, if you've ever seen the college humor sketch, they're the baby bear knight of uh, of the league. Someone someone out there is going to get that one, and I appreciate you for that. But it's it's going to be a very a very different two very different styles clashing head to head. I can't wait to see it. Walter, where do you think the line should be? I have Immortals minus twenty five, uh, minus one twenty five. How dare you? How d- how dare you do this whole like? Oh man, I think that Immortals is going to lose this series. You got it exactly right. It is Immortals minus 125. And for the record, I had Dignitas minus 125 because I just thought all the things that you said. That this was, you know, trust the consistency at the end of the day. Nah, never mind. We're going to be a 4-4 four four heading into these last two games, Walter. Okay, here's dare the you. Yes. that the beginning of the season built up this bank for Immortals that as they've been losing and they've been going like even, it's slowly chipped down. Yes. They started in a hole and have now finally dug themselves up. So Immortals, even if they're five feet above the hole, Dignitas is at the top of the hole, so they're a slight advantage there in the casino's algorithm. Yeah. I played game, you played yourself. Yes. I... I... Look a little foolish on that one. I'll take. I'll. I, you know what? The Dignitas minus one hundred five. I was only twenty points off. I'm not going to get too mad at myself. I think it's a very close series. Uh, for the record, stay away and just enjoy this series. There's no reason to gamble on it. No, no need for any reason. Just enjoy it, and and we'll get to see what is essentially a playoff game uh, right away. Uh, FlyQuest versus Team Liquid. Uh, this is the 
Team Liquid probably needs this if they want to avoid relegation. And I and FlyQuest absolutely needs this if they want to make the playoffs. So where do you think these these forces end up meeting up, Walter? What's the the thing that puts one of these teams towards their goal and sends the other one veering back down to Earth? So so y'all know the the same argument that I just had for Immortals for both of their series. Mm-hmm. Can we just like magnify it like tenfold for this series the team liquid <laughs> basically needs to have like a ten thousand gold lead to have a chance of winning this game if it gets late that's mm. all i have to say team liquid has no macro strategy it Fly- is terrible flinkless has ter- no macro sketch their their mid to late right, game is here's terrible the difference. Too. here's the difference they have high they yes. have high they yes. have high i don't care what their late game strategy looks like whatever high if high just totally went all in on the the season two reginald strategy of i'm going to play karthus and kennen i'm going to engage and then die and micromanage the team fight FlyQuest would probably be a top three team but he doesn't so high i'm giving you a, i'm giving you a secret strategy dude it's season it's tsm dot season s2 dot secret strats dot duck okay <laughs> play karthus i was gonna say karthus Please. That's all you need to do. You play Karthus, you play Kennen. You play Shen top lane or Nocturne jungle. Or you can play Twisted Fate mid lane too. You need to have this global pressure. But pick three of those... Glo- pick Those global pressure champions are at Kennen. Play whatever the hell you want in the bot lane. And then just flash under tower, die, and micromanage the team fight from there. Go back and watch Season 2, Reginald. I guarantee you guys will make the playoffs and you'll at least get to the semifinals. I can almost write that down in pen on a New York Times crossword puzzle for you. Oh, man. Do it. That's what I want to see from High. I want to see him go full Reggie. Yeah. Full Reggie. Somewhere, our our good friend Adele Schwedria, who's been on the podcast before, freelancer at ESPN, is just so happy because we just (laughs) told somebody to play Karthus in 2017. So shout out to him. And and, uh, I hope that they take your advice on that. If ever there was going to be a series where weird, cheesy picks would work, against Team Liquid is probably the best place to go. Where do you think the line should be, Walter? Um, I have... I have FlyQuest at minus 250, and I'm not sure that's high enough. Uh, It's too high, in fact. What? I had FlyQuest minus 220. It is FlyQuest minus 213, which puts Team Liquid at plus 160. People are at, like, the, they have turned on FlyQuest. I think that FlyQuest have dug themselves into a hole where gamblers are looking at it and saying, why should I believe anything that happened earlier in the season what have you done for me lately? And even Team Liquid has a better record over the last four weeks than FlyQuest does. And boy, does that tell us something about the recent FlyQuest performance. So listen, uh, Karthus has actually been played on 7.4. Really? It played in Challenger Korea. Uh, it's all been played by Chong. Okay. And he plays for BPZ. And the Korean Challenger League. And then uh, Drobvik played it for Vega Squadron over in our good friends, the LCL. <laughs> so just in March, it's been played one, two, uh, seven times in March. Hmm. Well, then. In March. Just just throwing it out there higher. You can you can steal our idea here. We will. You don't even have to give us credit. Just make it if happen. If you play Karthus, I will forgive you for that terrible blog post defending cloud nine challenger team i will wow. i will forgive you for it if you play karthus that if you go full reggie i will forgive you for it 
that is that's not gonna get a better offer from me dude (laughs) yeah no that's a better offer those are words i never thought i'd hear leave your mouth wow okay well hi i think you know what to do because you know what he has to become someone he hates (laughs) (laughs) he must turn to the dark side oh man there's the tsm (laughs) fan it could only stay shelved so long uh last series of the week you need this in order to tie me uh for the week uh, if you wanna, if you wanna make sure that next week's EULCS Week Ten uh, can can still make you even for the regular season, uh, Walter, we've talked about both these teams. I don't think we have a real argument over which team should win. Is there anything you want to see from CLG? Just as something that they need to show that they can do, so that we feel confident about them doing it when the playoffs roll around. CLG needs to get up on stage. They need to look over at Envious, and uh, all five of them, six of them, including Zix, at the same time need to turn their heads, then turn the rest of their body like they're, like they're robots. They need to all stand up, and they need to say at the same time, I must break you. And then the sword <laughs> cast clamp needs to start playing, and uh, yeah, we get, we get full, what is it, Rocky Four? I'm not sure this is the best time to play a Soviet national anthem in the U.S., Walter. I'm not sure that's going to be received the way you think it will. But that well, would be, that would be the greatest heel turn. I mean, <laughs> if we could come out in Mounty get-ups and play, Oh, da-da-da, our whole bad native land. Yeah. That's all I know of the song. There you go. Yeah, they, I, I literally want them to come out and I want them to break Envious' spirit. That's what I want. I want CLG. I want this to be CLG. We're going to rip your throat out because we want to go into the playoffs with this really strong macro-oriented team fight. And I think, like they have they have a really good early game, and their team fight, like their macro strategy isn't that bad. But I need to see all their players just come out and just kill their opponents. Just straight up. I, I want the cops called to the studio. I want, it has to be a murder. You you would imagine if you want to feel like CLG are an actual title contender and not just the fourth team uh, that's going to you know have that you know blue side advantage, but in a series that's going to be very much a toss up. This is your chance to make a statement. This is I, your chance to close it out. I want to be scared of that. Like yeah, not as a TSM fan, I want us to roll over them easy three zero and Bjergsen's in the back doing shots because it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but like I as a as a fan, I would love if I was. So Scared of CLG as a TSM, yeah. as, as a fan of League of Legends, because those two semifinals would be utterly fantastic. Of right. Phoenix One versus Cloud Nine and TSM versus a good CLG, that is about as good as Riot could write that. Yeah, so. that would uh, that would add so much to the LCS's uh, is uh, uh, planned out uh, conspiracy theorists that you'll see every once in a while. But it would be wonderful. I'd love nothing more than to put some new life into that CLG. TSM rivalry, especially the way you were down talking it earlier this season. I feel like it needs that bump, and this is a good time to get it. Where do you think the line is, Walter? CLG minus 333. Got it. I win. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, you went too low, my friend. I went too low, too. I said CLG minus 400. It is CLG minus 588. That's Envious at plus 375. Yeah, because the casinos are not worried about Envious sneaking. Uh, all right, all right. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember y'all remember Monty Spinner? Yes. Y'all remember Monty Spinner? Isn't CLG losing against Envious in their very last game 
Isn't that the most CLG thing they could do before the playoffs? It would be the most CLG thing. It would be the most CLG thing that they could possibly do, and it would just have all of the CLG fans scared for the playoffs. I mean, going to three maps is plus 150. I'm going to outrate that on this. Wow. I, I, I am a gambler that is going to outright bet on CLG to lose this series. I mean, do we make that a smart money bet? Just go no, for no, one no, home no, run? Just, because if we make it a smart money bet, then obviously it won't actually happen. Right. So, uh, besides, there, there are, like, better bets here. There I are think, tons uh, of good bets. Yeah. Like, I, 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 think, uh, I think Phoenix won at plus 110 over Cloud9. I'd book that. Yeah, I think that's the, the one I was immediately going to go to. Um, trying to think which other ones just jump out at me off the page. I know you don't like Immortal, so I'm not going to touch either one of those lines. Um uh, uh, Phoenix one over TSM plus one thirty. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like I'm, that I'm not sure that Phoenix one goes two zero, but if we win either one of those, um, then we end up with value overall. And there's no way the Phoenix one goes zero and two. There's no way they go into. I, yeah. I could not imagine that. Word. Um. So so like here here's the thing like, do we go do we go one of the the FlyQuest games or like do we think FlyQuest goes two and zero this week against Echo Fox and Team Liquid? Do we want to just do like a Hail Mary of like Envious beating CLG or Dig beating Cloud9? Well, or do we want to do Dig going to three maps against Cloud9? Yeah, Dig going to three maps against Cloud9 at plus 120, I think, is, a, is, like the, is the smartest of the, the three bets. Uh, I like it. Uh, you know. Um, I like it, but personally, I'm, but personally, I'm betting against CLG and FlyQuest both going 2 0. Yeah. So. My I, my additional bets because everybody I've been gambling a lot on the side like I've been doing these same exact bets and I've been doing some other gambles on the side I did my uh, my overall bets who I thought were going to win all the different uh, major leagues so I'm going to be betting on Echo Fox to beat FlyQuest and Envious to beat CLG because I hate myself and I'm going to have to watch Terrible League of Legends so <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to throw those two bets out there for me personally and if you want to hop aboard and enjoy that trade with me sure let's let's take a ride. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think those are are all fair. There's so many interesting games. So many. Oh, and, and Turtle, my unicorn in earnings, that is included in the prenup. You don't get to touch <laughs> it. That sweet unicornage, okay? Just smart, so you know. Smart it's man. You got you to gotta make sure you lock those up uh, early. You never know uh, who's going to try to make a run on your unicorns. I, you know, th- it's, I'm just so hyped for this week. There are just so many fun series and you know I, I hope that you know this was a little bit of a, a supersized episode hopefully that makes up for the uh delay that we had to have thank you guys so much for for being patient and understanding with that we really appreciate it uh we love you know we love you guys uh you know your listeners we we love giving the people what they want and uh you know we really do appreciate it um please you know we love hearing you guys in the comment section i read every single one uh would love to hear from you guys any feedback that you might have what you're most excited to see because we know there are so many choices to choose from. Uh, there's no real wrong answer. Uh, and hit us up on social media. I'm at RedShirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, you guys will find me Sunday night cursing myself for gambling on Envious over CLG at C80s underscore LOL. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week, uh, Wednesday. Like usual, we will have our EU LCS lines up. Uh, obviously, they're 
is no uh, NALCS is N- Weekend. There's any promotion tournament is next weekend. Oh, is it next weekend? It is next weekend. Oh, wow. So that's wow. what we're going to do for NA. We're going to talk about the NA promotion tournament. Ooh. I am super excited for it. Yeah. Corky, I'm going to get you back in that episode, buddy. I did not realize it was so close. Well, then, yeah, get hyped for that next Thursday. And until then, guys, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.